Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast, where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to another Mojo Minute. Well, kind of. Today's show and Thursday's show are going to be a little bit different. See, we're going to combine a Catholic corner, a little bit about faith, and a mojo minute together. So it's going to be kind of like a mojo corner or a Catholic minute. Did you see what I did there? Seriously, though, because we are in the Christian Holy Week, the holiest week on the Christian calendar, and because of the events happening in our country, I thought it'd be best if we pivot and move our regular programming to next week after Holy Week and instead try and help you to make sense of everything that's going on and offer some advice and encouragement to you, our listeners. Now, In case you didn't believe me when I said there was a spiritual war going on way back in, I think it was Mojo Minute 214, The Whole Philosophy of Hell, when we covered that classic Christian work by C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters, or when we covered two weeks ago, A Nefarious Plot, the book by Steve Dace, and Nefarious, the movie, which is coming out soon, I believe next week, but we covered that in Mojo Minute 217. Or when we heard from the real-life exorcist about what he confronts each and every week in his work on that same podcast, 217. So be sure to check that out. So if you listen to all that and you weren't convinced that we are in a spiritual war, unlike anything we've seen for some time, well, then I'm not sure anything will convince you that there is said spiritual war going on all around us. And boy, oh boy. Has that spiritual war been leveled up as the YouTubers say these days, meaning increasing dramatically? And, you know, it's the work of the devil and absolute evil. It's been on the rise 10 or 20 fold, I would guess, in the last five to seven years. So with all that said, and just like we covered in our Catholic Corner on Palm Sunday, We often talk about habits and how we can get better despite all the evil going around us and how habits are the foundation or the fundies as we talk about in our secular lives. So I thought it would be excellent to share a very good book that talks about habits on the spiritual side since it is Holy Week. And again, this book is Habits for Holiness, Small Steps for Making Big Spiritual Progress by Father Mark Mary Ames. It was written back in 2021. And real quick, let's check into some of these habits for holiness. And let's gather a quick list that Father provides for us. He gives us this list of habits that we can pursue. Number one, prayer. Number two, building a Catholic culture. Number three, the power of family. Four, simplicity. Five, love for the poor. Six, living a provocative life in a good way. More on that to come. 
number, I think six or seven, cultivating happiness, healthiness, if that's a word, and holiness. Now, that's certainly not an exhaustive list from the book, but it should give you a good idea. If you'd like to check out the book for further details, I'd recommend it. Now, getting back to this living a provocative life step, and I said living a provocative life in a good way. What? All right. All right. Enough out of you. Let's get back to the show before the whole thing goes off the rails. Let's go to the book for our first poll quote. Fort Apache was the nickname given by some to a police precinct in the South Bronx around 19, around the 1970s. It was situated in a neighborhood that had all the characteristics of a war zone. There were boarded up buildings, burned out cars, regular gunshots echoing up and down the block, frequent violence and deaths by shooting, drug overdoses and knife wounds. Gangs were doing their best to run the street. It really was a war zone. Let's stop right there real quick. Uh, You might remember this, the movie, The Fort Apache, The Bronx, the 1981 American crime drama film by Daniel Petrie, directed by Daniel Petrie. It had the hard drinking, lonely veteran cop Murphy, who was played by Paul Newman. Anyhow, that is about this place in the South Bronx. Let's go back to the book. Ended the year 1987 when God, in his providential wisdom and timing, decided to inspire a new Franciscan reform. He chose to plant this new Franciscan seed in the shade of the so-called Fort Apache precinct in the South Bronx. From the outside looking in, it seemed like a neighborhood of chaos in the most infertile of soils. But it was here, precisely and providentially here that the Holy Spirit began what would become the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Under the care of the Archbishop of New York, John Cardinal O'Connor, Friars moved into St. Crispin Friary in the South Bronx. And as they could still hear yelling and violence on the streets, as they could hear the destruction left through the wickedness of sin and corruption, the brothers began to pray and do penance. They lived, worshipped, and served together. Their prayer life and their fraternal life overflowed into their apostolic life as they got to know their neighbors and listened to them, loved them, and served them. And as time went on, this little Franciscan seed would develop into a full-grown Franciscan order, an order that received its pontifical status in the year 2016. And it was here in the South Bronx, with all its dangers and destructions, that the Holy Spirit inspired and equip these men to live a life of holiness. Through this holy life, the community and its members were not conformed to the chaos of the neighborhood, but became instruments of transformation and hearts and lives, starting with their own. Christianity has a beautiful patrimony. Throughout history, its members enter into chaos and participate in God's work of renewal, rebuilding, reforming, and transforming from within. We have been doing it successfully for centuries, but it doesn't happen by accident. And wow, if you've ever seen the movie Fort Apache, the Bronx, just watch the first 20 minutes of the opening of that movie. It'll grab your attention. But boy, hats off to these guys living in what can only be called a third world country yet within the United States. It is a brutal, brutal neighborhood. 
but they're certainly doing God's work there. So with that stage set, let's turn back to our book because we're going to learn a little bit about how they go about their duties, especially around habits of holiness. As part of our mission here at St. Joseph's Friary in Harlem, the friars regularly go to the streets in search of the homeless and the addicted. These encounters help us to meet some of the material needs of these people, but more importantly, they give us a chance to befriend them in the name of Christ and of his church. As a couple of brothers were visiting our friends on the street, they were told that one of their closest friends, I'll call her Taya, had died on the street. Taya had struggled for years with addiction and fed it through prostitution. She didn't have any family to make sure she received a proper burial, so the friars took it upon themselves to find her body and make sure she had a dignified funeral. For days, three friars, with nothing more than a first name and a description, went from police station to police station trying to find Taya's body and request permission to bury her. Taya didn't carry any ID, and with such limited information, the brothers came across dead end after dead end. At the last police station, after the friars shared what they were doing and all the different places they had looked, the police officer asked them with deep interest, Why are you doing this? The friar answered, Because she's our sister, and she deserves it. I begin with this story because it's what we are going for. We want to live and love in such a way that it provokes questions. And our brothers and sisters, why are you different? What's the reason for your hope? What's the reason for your peace? In other words, we want to live prophetically. St. John the Baptist lived a radical life in the wilderness, but it was provocative. People would seek him out from all different places to ask him questions. And he would respond by pointing them to the Lamb of God. The authenticity of his life was attractive, so his words were authoritative. Remember, by our baptism as Christians, we are given a share in Christ's functions as priest, prophet, and king. While the prophetic call of all the baptized can't be reduced to evangelization, evangelization is a fundamental aspect of it. Think about how you lead by example. You might not think anybody's watching, but everybody is watching. No matter if you're a father, a mother, a brother, or a sister, everybody is watching everybody. And the most genuine and the most authentic of folks is who does carry the weight, the authoritative weight of their words. Because they walk the walk and then they talk the talk. So to help us with the walking and the talking, we're going to learn to listen. Let's go back to the book. We want to let our ears speak, to lead with listening. What I'd like to address here, address here is a common strategic error we often fall into. But I'm going to ask you to pay close attention to the distinctions and the nuances of this explanation. We're not talking about preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. This is not giving you permission to keep your lips sealed. 
As this 45,000-word book testifies, we believe words are absolutely necessary, but we want to make sure they're effective and are falling upon fertile and receptive soil. A temptation for many people, often in our day, and often because of fear or insecurity, is approaching evangelization strictly with the attitude that we've got the answer and they don't. To be fair, in a real way, that's true. But talking at people, giving answers to questions they're not asking, is rarely effective. As a new convert still in college, I used to tell my buddy that he needed to go to confession. I shot him straight just like that. There was no conversation, no asking about how he was doing. It was just telling him what to do. And guess what? It probably been more than a decade since his last confession. And it didn't work. Again, words are necessary, but I'd like to invite you to lead with listening in our work of going after the lost. We want to hear their stories and ask them questions. We want to speak to them prophetically of the dignity of their own unique stories, their dreams, their fears. And after listening to them and honoring them, they'll be much more likely to begin asking us questions and more open to receiving the testimony of our faith. Listening and asking questions is exceptionally effective in the tilling of the soil of our neighbor's soul and preparing it to receive the seed of the gospel. Now, how often have we done this? How often, even when we're asked a question, do we have to win the argument? give the absolute right answer, disagree with all their nuances of the other person. There is a big difference between hearing and listening and the lost art of listening is what our world most especially needs. Starting with myself, you know, hearing is the audible sound of actually hearing the words, but not ever absorbing those words intellectually. You just hear the noise and you're probably thinking, because I know I do this, you're probably thinking of what you're going to say in response. You're already strategizing the words. Say this sentence first. Don't say this. But that's not listening. We're called to listen with ears that hear. And listening is almost putting yourself in that person's shoes as they tell their story, their dreams, their fears. That's hard to do, but I believe that's what our Lord is asking us to do. Let's get back to the book. And here's what that could look like. Someone's going to come to us with a question. Do Catholics worship Mary? Common question. And you could answer on the topical level, but why are they asking that question? What's underneath it? What if you go deep and ask a question like, You love the Lord Jesus. Yes. Are you afraid that a relationship with Mary is somehow going to get in the way of giving God the justice and the worship that he's due? Well, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. See, if you ask these questions, then you can say, no, you know what? We love Jesus too. We adore Jesus. And our relationship with our lady complements that. It doesn't take anything away from our Lord. It was his mother too. 
Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so even so I send you. Let's not be afraid to follow the example of Christ who ate and drank with tax collectors and sinners. I imagine him sitting at the table, asking them their stories, their situations, their passions, and slowly but surely, through his kind eyes, open ears, and gentle words, drawing them to himself. Let us learn from the master. Man, is that not good stuff. This book is very, very good. Very practical, simple steps. And essentially teaching us how to love our neighbor as ourself, especially through listening. So in today's Mojo Minute slash Catholic Corner, let us indeed learn from the master. After all, he is the master of the universe. So I'm guessing he's probably a very good listener too. Perhaps the greatest listener ever. So in this highest Holy Week on the calendar, let us indeed follow his example and lead with listening. Because our world is in desperate need of it. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com where we have everything we discussed in this podcast as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on. Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book packed with the actual quotes from the book to enhance your understanding. With usually 69 pages per review, they are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link. Again, teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.